thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And welcome back to, you know, tuning into the podcast again. You can find us on social media. I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram, The Period Whisperer on Facebook. We are the Wellness Women official on everything. Oh, no, on Instagram and the Wellness Women on Facebook. And Ashley is Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Um, hey, Ashley, it's a... Uh, it's nice to see your face. I'm looking forward to seeing your face actually in person after oh, so long. I know. We'll do that soon. But uh, I think for now, welcome to all the other new faces that are joining us. We've had lots of lovely new listeners uh, jump oh, on board yes. in the last little while. So thank you, ladies who've jumped on recently. We've had a couple of emails and messages. Just, uh, yeah, nice to know that you know some of the newer episodes are touching base. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess when you realise that, uh, what, we're over 175 episodes in now, which I could never have imagined when we first got the idea to do some podcasting. <laughs> um, I know. How do we still have um, like episode ideas? It's hilarious. And like the list is so long of stuff that we still have we to keep cover. adding it. And the questions that we also get in as well yeah. um, is just hilarious. So ladies, keep them coming. We love your emails. We love your questions. Even if you just want to send us like comments or just really funny, like little anecdotes or stories, we love hearing them. Um, it's always, it's always good for us to you know, get your feedback or just know that you're, you're tuning in. Yes, and look, I think this whole series we're doing, you know, this last few weeks and this coming few weeks is all about, um, you know, related directly to some of those key listener questions. And that's, you know, most importantly, always related to 
I'm a woman and I've got troubles in my cycle. You know, what do I do? And I think that um, whether it be a short cycle, long cycle, uh, no cycle, uh, um, you know, coming off the pill, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, we've definitely got the answers for you. So today this episode is dedicated to fixing your long cycle. You know, to anyone who's got, um, you know, mystery regular periods, um, and Andrew is going to dive in and explain to you, you know, what we kind of consider a long cycle. So, Andrew, mm. for ladies listening, what, you know, if someone said to you, oh, yeah, but it's always been that way, that's normal for me, um, you know, 45 days, yeah, what, what are you thinking? Uh as far as I'm concerned, that is way too long. So my window, and I am fairly um, like strict when it comes to what, what a window of a normal cycle is. And for me, it's 26 to 32 days. A maximum of 33 days is kind of that um, sort of sweet spot of where that cycle should be. And there's lots of reasons for this. And it's because of the balance of estrogen and progesterone that we want to have on, you know, in the follicular or proliferative phase of the cycle, as opposed to the luteal phase or the secretory phase after that and um, don't forget that women used to also ovulate and menstruate with the full and new moon so that is essentially how our bodies are designed for this ebb and flow of those hormones which is on about a 29 29 day cycle um, so that would be ideal for women uh, that when women come in saying that they have a period once a month that's usually for me a really good indication that they're having a regular cycle um, anything as far as I'm concerned and remember I am pretty strict with my parameters um, as to what's normal anything over 33 days is too long because it means that you're having too much time usually in that follicular phase of the cycle which is from the, from day one of your period, so the first day you bleed, to the point of ovulation. And sometimes that ovulation isn't even happening in these big, long cycles. Um, and that's probably like a really big key or a big question that comes up um, in this sort of picture is, are you actually ovulating? And can we determine that? And can we figure that out? And can we test appropriately for that? Um, so really long cycles that go on, say, you know, Ash, what you're saying, 45 days or however long it might be, is a much more difficult picture to work with. So much harder um, to, you know, even just the diagnostic criteria for this is a little bit more complicated. Um, so this episode is a little bit trickier than um, fixing a short cycle. I, you know, anytime patients come into me with short cycles, it's like the easiest thing in the world to, to fix and address as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, it's usually really easy to get to the bottom of. Um, as long as they're not wanting to conceive right then and there, then usually we've got, you know, a, a little bit of a window to work with. And even if they are wanting to conceive, um, it is usually a fairly easy picture if that's all that's going on. Whereas for long cycles, totally different. Well, I think if you're listening and you're, you realize that you fit this criteria, then please keep listening on because we're now going to sort of talk about, um, you know, what the clinical picture might look like for someone coming into our practices, what um, what sort of woman comes in and what she presents with because this might give you more of a clue if it's not just the long cycle that's your clue, maybe some of the sort of signs and symptoms and some of the experiences that will make you go, ah, so that's not normal because I think a lot of women still think that just because they might have heard a girlfriend or their mother had it or whatever it be that that's um yeah it's fairly common so they've put it down to yeah but that's normal for me um so i do hear that quite a bit when someone says oh yeah but i've always had that that's normal for me um so we want to talk about some of the other things that may you know be considered normal to you but we're going to highlight the fact that they're not as normal as you might think they are and then mm. obviously some strategies on how we can help correct that so 
I sort of say to Andrea, you know, when we're talking about women with these pictures, we, we kind of both of us have pretty obvious, you know, signs to say, oh, okay, this start, people start to fit a category. You know, women start to fit a category. Um, Andrea's really cleverly broken it into three pieces. So I'll let her explain that to you. I'm kind of not quite mm. as, as clustered, but um, yeah. So run through your three categories. When someone comes in, they generally fit criteria. And that's, you know, mm. the woman who's often quite busy, but, you know, overwhelmed, overworked, um, you know, routinely has stress as a major component in her life. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, and generally speaking, you know, job related, family related, or financially driven stresses. Yeah. And sometimes they're even just that, uh, you know, type A personality. So it's just that self-imposed stress that they're putting on themselves as well. Um, sometimes it can be that perfectionism. Now, I'm generalizing here, it's not always. And when it comes to long cycles, they're going to be one end of the spectrum um, because there's two very different clinical pictures that comes into play here when we're looking at long or irregular cycles that are almost the opposite of two different things. Um, and when we start to get into like how to categorize um, what the you know original cause of this can be, that'll sort of make a little bit more sense. But typically with long or regular cycles, I also see women who like yo-yo diet a lot. And that could be in any like of the extremes. It can be really super restrictive. Um, it can be all sorts of different dietary changes that, that they're making. Often it can be um, when women aren't consuming any animal protein either. So they could be vegan or, or very strict vegetarian. And sometimes that can be enough just to um, kind of create that long stretched out or regular period as well, um, which is kind of just essentially a lack of period. Um, or on the other end of the spectrum, it can be, you know, that yo-yo dieting of just binging as well, which is creating a completely different metabolic picture. Um, Ash, what do you normally see like in terms of exercise and energy expenditure with this sort of thing? I think it tends to be, you know, that whole um, thrash the body uh, approach. Yeah. You know, I tend to find it often fits in with the women who are you know, desperately trying to maybe lose kilos. So often it's related to weight loss or some weight goal, specific weight goal. Um, and I would, you know, I generally would call it over-exercising though to that mm. woman. It would feel like, a no, that's fine. I always do that or I need to do that. That's, you know, that's my goal. Um, but it often is related to even sometimes high-performance exercise, you know, yeah. so women who have really ambitious, um, you know, foundations, whether it be professional sports women or whether it be um, someone trying to, you know, complete marathons or ultra marathons or, you know, just something that has a high degree of um, base volume, base load to the yeah. training. And that tends to, you know, to, to fit that profile of just, you know, including high degrees of exercise. And I tend to find as well that same person will then feel a high degree of guilt if they're missing sessions. So there's a lot yeah. of mental, emotional connection to the, the exercise goal. Um, even if it's not a professional level, it's still like, no, I've got to go every morning. I have to do it every single day. You know, if I miss a session, mm -hmm. it's that sort of that, that, I guess that internal dialogue that goes on that, you know, I'm I feel guilty about it. I need to do that double tomorrow. Um, I'm going to cut yeah. down my, cut down my food today. Like just this whole, there's a lot of psychology I find related to this as well. Um, and that's where the mental emotional patterns start to show through. So I tend to find another, another big clue is, you mm. know, any periods of anxiety or depression, you know, just. Yes. 
Yes, that is huge. Like definitely mental health challenges uh, go with this in a really big way. And also because of that rebound effect of the hormonal imbalances along with this long cycle, um, because it is absolutely a hormonal imbalance picture. This is certainly not normal. And although it is really, really common, it's definitely not normal. Um, the other thing that I find a real challenge for a lot of women is they get very frustrated with their body when it's not responding the way they want it to immediately. And uh, they might, you know, in their, say, um, maybe as a teenager, they really exercise so hard and maybe they were like an elite level athlete um, and maybe they still had a period then but then now that they're getting into say their 20s or 30s they're so frustrated that their body isn't doing the things that it used to do and it is because of that flow on effect and you know essentially that punishment may not be the right word but uh, just keeping up with those requirements for such a long time there has to be trade-offs with your you know energy mechanisms and part of that is your hormonal system uh, so you know I, it it can be really frustrating for a lot of women who are just expecting their body just to be online because it always has been without changing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think any woman who's um, it makes a comment that she's got a family history of thyroid issues or she's, you know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, she's being treated for a thyroid problem or anything like that that says the word thyroid, I probably then start to go, uh-huh, yeah, if that's related to the longer totally. cycles as well. So, um, and, of course, withdrawal, like changes to the biochemistry from things like the contraceptive pill. So, yeah, yeah just, yeah. They're, just, they're all history clues. So, you know, if you fit the bill, you're listening, you think, oh, yeah, ticking a few boxes there, then um, keep listening because this obviously applies and uh, there's certainly some strategies and some, some conversations we'll have now about that and just why it is so complex. And Andrew, you know, being the queen of uh, – the period with spark queen of fixing periods here she certainly you know puts this in her clinical basket of challenge so i think mm. if it challenges you andrea then you know for most <laughs> for most women it's going to be a challenging solution right so yeah. um and that's simply because it's got it's multifactorial there's so many different yeah. elements to it it's not as not as straightforward as just changing the diet it's not as straightforward as just meditating um you know it's not as straightforward as just taking a bunch of supplements it's there's a lot of factors to it Totally. And, um, you know, I, I absolutely love having these patients. And when I say it's a challenge, it is a clinical like challenge because often these patients are a challenge. Um, so one thing that I really would strongly recommend is if you do have a, a long cycle, if you do have irregular periods, um, if this is something that you need to be working with a practitioner on, um, it can be much trickier to try and fix this or address it on your own because an accurate kind of digging into your history and proper diagnosis, um, and it may not even be like a condition that you're being diagnosed with, but just proper identification of the cause of this, I think will really dictate your treatment because there's a lot of messy areas that come into play. So I usually categorize women into one of four categories when they have a uh, in a regular period. So the first one being PCOS. So do they fit that kind of PCOS picture? Um, and obviously there's lots of different types of PCOS and, and things that kind of come into play there. So that's one of them. And that's a really big one. The next one is, are there metabolic causes for these irregular periods? So they don't necessarily have polycystic ovarian syndrome, but the metabolic means that they're either overeating or undereating. So if they're overeating, they're putting themselves into insulin resistance, which is messing with all of their hormones. They may not have PCOS with that. They may or may not. 
or they could be going through something called like obviously hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is usually just a complete lack of period. Um, but what I also see is these ebbs and flows of functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. So it's kind of like this big absent periods of hormonal fluctuations or hormonal production. And then the body might have this little spurt of, of hormonal sort of change and might kind of try and kickstart. Um, but then it's like the ignition doesn't quite start. Um, so I like to call that functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. And it's a bit of an easy picture to easier picture to fix than like, you know, true hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, now the next um, cause could be something like iatrogenic causes and iatrogenic just means medically induced. Um, so this can be from oral contraceptives, um, other, you know, types of hormonal, um, contraceptive intervention. It can be from, um, certain types of medications as well. So, um, even things like, uh, blood thinners, um, blood pressure medication, even aspirin and anti-inflammatories, as well as antidepressants can affect um, your hormonal balance and can give you delayed or longer cycles as well. And it's interesting that usually with um, the kind of pictures that we see that come up um, very commonly with this type of patient, usually there's layers of maybe some anxiety or depression or something like that that sometimes they're medicated for and that in itself can be causing irregularities to that period. So there's the iatrogenic causes and then the next one, um, so that's three of the four categories, the fourth category is stress. Now this can be stresses from, you know, like excessive exercise. It can be just some sort of very acute stress that's happened. Maybe there was a death in the family or something like that that's pushed the cycle out. So stress can be enough to halt or delay ovulation um, and uh, or stop you know, ovulation, and it can also uh, sort of miss a period as well, um, which can happen um, really, really commonly. Uh, I remember when uh, Dean and I were getting married and we flew to Queensland and we had Tiaki on the flight and I had my period at the time. And then I'm sure that um, whoever's, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you would have heard, you know, the story of our wedding and when we got over there and then they lost Tiaki on the flight. And so we had this massively stressful kind of 24 hours and my period stopped completely for that time just because I was like obviously so stressed I'd lost my dog um, and then restarted like another sort of 24 to 48 hours later. So it was kind of like my body just went into this holding pattern of like, shit you know nothing you know we're not letting anything happen right now the whole system's just shut down um and that can absolutely happen and it's you know a little bit of a different picture when it comes to these long irregular cycles and how stress sort of interacts with that but um it can absolutely cause big big changes to the ebb and flow of your hormones so those are my kind of four categories so it's pcos metabolic causes iatrogenic causes and stress um, are usually the big things. Uh, so figuring out what is most appropriate for that patient, which category do they fall into? And then that's going to help us to then create a bit of a treatment plan or strategy as to what we need to actually fix it. Absolutely. I think that's the trick there because we were saying, oh, how do we wrap this uh, episode up in 30 minutes? Because we could talk for hours on this. And then we, we thought about it and really what we've done, you know, if you go back, we've got specific episodes on those things. You know, we've got specific episodes on polycystic ovaries. Uh, we've got 
episode there on, you know, hypothalamic amenorrhea. I'm sure we've done that one because I'm like, I'm sure we've done that one. We have um, done that one, yeah. We've done that one. And yeah. we've got specific episodes there on stress and stress management. So, you mm-hmm. know, we really, we certainly have covered those um, foundational areas in much more depth. So there's really no need for us tonight to unpack, you know, all four categories um, because each one of those alone takes at least 45 minutes. So yeah. um, if, you know, if you're curious and you sort of say, oh, I know where I fit, then go through, have a look back, listen to the episode that applies. But I think at most point today is more about, look, do you know if you need to be tested? Who do you see? What do you do? Like, where do you start to go to, to unpack this and figure out what the problem is? So, um, you know, so we, we definitely talk a lot about getting in touch with the right person because you can't really go this one alone. This is uh, the type of category of, you know, hormonal imbalance that requires um, careful attention, careful mm-hmm. testing, you know, and, and yeah. careful, I guess, follow-up as well. You know, is it changing anything? Are you doing the work? It's, it's almost like you need a, a period coach, right? That's, that's, that's kind of what, Andrew, <laughs> yeah. you do. You know, you're a period coach. You get uh, women through this and then you, you stay on their team cheerleading along the way saying, hey, how you doing? Yep, great, awesome, keep it up, you know, or uh, no, kick up the backside, let's change that, do this. So um, it certainly takes time and I think that's probably the, the big one that, you know, we tend to see is that it takes time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that can be something that is just so frustrating for women is that it does really take time to rebalance this. And whenever I'm working with hormones, I'll, I'll almost always say to my patients, you need to allow a minimum of three months before you may see a big turnaround. And that's for fairly simplistic conditions. So, and when I say simplistic, for me, simplistic things are like period pain, PMS, short cycles, um, you know, those sorts of things are usually fairly easy. If there's, you know, a fairly uncomplicated PCOS, um, you know, that's, that's usually fairly straightforward. Um, when it's a little bit more complicated, you need to allow an absolute minimum of three months because remember it takes a hundred days for the egg to actually mature in the ovary in the first place to prepare for ovulation. So 100 days. So once you actually start to wake the ovaries up and actually get them working properly to prepare for, you know, obviously that end um, result that is menstruation. So we've got to do the work to get the ovaries functional in the first place. And then it can be 100 days after that that we may not even see ovulation or a period so that's why it it does take time and especially you know in this um, day and age where you could just yep absolutely take an oral contraceptive and 21 or you know 27 days later or whatever it might be you may have a hormone withdrawal bleed and that will trick you into thinking that yeah you're in some sort of cyclical kind of period pattern but we know that this is not a bleed this is not normal hormonal production that's just a hormone withdrawal bleed um, and that that's you know, if that's what you're taking it for, a lot of the time you're just masking those symptoms and making it more of a challenge for your body to get back to balance afterwards. Um, so I always think the pills like the, yeah, I always think the pills like a credit card, right? You keep taking, you know, debits, debits, yes. debits out of it, but eventually you have to pay it back. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that's a yeah. really good one, Ash. That's yeah, because awesome. people say yeah. to me, oh, you know, but yeah, I've been on it for ages. Like, it's like a credit card, though. You're racking up debts right now. And at some point down the track, 
someone's going to come knocking, whether it be because you want to have, you know, a child. So you suddenly go, oh, okay, now. And the bank then says, no, excuse me, you've got to pay that back. You know, your body has to take the time to reset. It, it can take years. You know, that's the other problem too, that at that mm. time it might be that you're, you're looking and you think, oh, I'm 35 now. I want to have a kid. And it's like, oh, what if you also then knew you had two years to tidy up your hormones? You know, would you be okay with that? Um, so that's, you know, that's my big one is just saying whatever you, whatever you put on that credit card is going to have to be paid back. So hence the reason we try and encourage, uh, encourage you to, to deal with this in a non-pharmacological way if possible. Yes, yes, definitely. Because just remember, your body is meant to ovulate. You're meant to menstruate. Um, it takes a long time once you actually start menstruating for all of the cells of your system, including um, the, the glands in your brain, like your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland, to get used to the huge influxes and ebbs and flows of hormones that your body, you know, goes through each month. And when we mess with things at that age, when our body's still getting used to that maturation of hormones and, and cellular receptor responses to that, um, it just it changes things after that. And one of the saddest things that I see is, say, a woman who may not, may be getting a period late. So, say she's not menstruating until, say, 16. Usually, she's an athlete. Um, we see that. And she might just be having um, maybe some hints of hormonal stuff starting. If there's intervention with hormonal contraceptives at that point without allowing normal cycles to kind of commence, often it's almost impossible to get it to happen after that. Um, so, you know, that that is always like a really, really difficult picture um, to kind of work with. But, you know, hopefully there's not too many kind of cases like that. Um, and hopefully uh, women are sort of wising up to this as well. Um I've totally gone off on a tangent there, but that's okay. We're allowed to because, you know, this is our show. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the luxury of what we have. Let me cycle back though to, okay, so we've sort of presented the categories to you, right? So there's PCOS. Um, I don't know if we'll necessarily go into a whole bunch of stuff to do with that right now because we have done a couple of episodes that on that there's another one that's going to be coming soon ladies and this is going to be essentially like a real breakdown of the treatment options for pcos including the medical treatments um so that one's coming um ash i know i've just kind of like mentioned that to you very briefly at some point but hey that's in the works for us don't worry (laughs) um so first thing i would suggest is go back and listen to those the episodes that we've done on pcos because that's a really good starting point um and then for the next category um so this is your metabolic category so often this is like under eating and over exercising so this can then be pushing you into that functional hypothalamic amenorrhea so this is where the body pulls back its fertility potential because you're too deficient to have a period So therefore, you do not have the reserves to actually conceive or create life. Like this is what the body does in times of famine. um, And it's for your your own survival. It's a protective mechanism. So you need to be eating enough to not only be driving all your normal cellular processes and just the amount of energy that you're expending through the day or essentially like eating enough for your basal metabolic rate, but then you also need to be eating enough for that hormonal production. And are you giving your body the building blocks of those hormones? So are you giving your body fiber, protein, and fats, which is, you know, essentially the makeup of those hormones in the first place? 
um, often with this, I'll see um, women with, you know, low luteinizing hormone, um, often low follicular stimulating hormone, low DHEA, no progesterone production, um, often low insulin, um, low cholesterol even, um, and those sorts of things that we'll see kind of in that picture because the body's just kind of gone into um, almost like retreat mode. Um, so you need to be eating enough. You definitely need to be getting some assistance with your nutrition to make sure that you're meeting, you know, like your macronutrient requirements. Um, and the thing that I would suggest in this picture is make sure you're getting enough carbohydrates and enough starch because that is kind of um, essentially what the body needs to actually ovulate as just the very base foundation. Um, sometimes women, women go really strict in a ketogenic diet as well, we see this um, kind of uh, lack of period too. So that's one end of the metabolic spectrum. The other end is when we're, you know, binging, overeating, um, going too hard into, you know, uh, usually like the really heavy sugar um, and highly processed things, which then pushes us into insulin resistance. And even if it's just like moments of insulin resistance, and when that happens, it increases our aromatase activity. And aromatase is what converts testosterone into estrogen. Um, so then we've got this like really excessive estrogen estrogen production and we've also got like a um we get this crescendo of testosterone that gets produced by the excess body fat that we're making when we're kind of in that insulin resistance picture um that testosterone production then messes with our ovaries which then can kind of be the lead on to pcos and when we've got that excess body fat as well it just all over it just increases estrogen and testosterone which then blocks your follicular stimulating hormone which then leads to this unopposed um, pulsatile nature of your luteinizing hormone, which leads to immature follicles, but we're not actually ovulating. And so it's kind of messing with all the foundations of our hormones, including our gonadotropin releasing hormones. So just think excess body fat, insulin resistance, um, not good quality hormone production, um, lots of things get suppressed. And then that again can be the stepping stone to PCOS and the picture that goes with that too. So not eating enough and eating too much, both of those can be, you know, irregular cycles. So it's that Goldilocks principle. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I think, you know, just having that um, nutritional diversity is a big one. You know, I definitely find a lot of women who have um, hormonal issues will have preferred food groups. Like they'll just like their favorite foods and they'll eat them over and over and over again. And there's just not enough sort of cyclical nutrition. There's not enough diversity in their, in their meals or in their choices. So um, that's often a clue, I think, is, you know, if you just have certain meals, you go to meals and that's the same thing you do all the time. Um, they're often pretty carb heavy or, you know, pretty, um, average in terms of the whole nutritional framework, the building blocks that are not there, like you described, Andrew, and not having that, that good balance of things. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely, you know, evaluating dietary, um, balance is, is critical to understanding why those hormones may not be produced in the correct amounts, you know, in the right ways mm -hmm. and obviously being eliminated in the right ways too because if there's just not enough fibres and things like that in the diet, then gut's not eliminating excess uh, estrogens and any other hormone byproducts and it's getting recycled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's interesting, isn't it, when you think about, you know, how do we fix issues like this? The first things we always go to are almost like there's the default, the obvious, stress yeah. you know food lifestyle um before you even do anything else like if you if you haven't got yeah. that stuff sorted then there's really no point dumping a bunch of supplements in and there's no point um going down the pathways of any further investigations until the basic 
you know, parameters are met and that's just our, I guess, innate biology, right? If we're yeah. not meeting our innate yeah, biology, definitely. you know, those basic primal needs, then we can't be anything more than that. Yeah, and you're spot on. Usually they're in these pictures, either one end of the spectrum or the other, um, usually the diet is crap and needs needs work and usually the gut health is usually um, not not fabulous as well and that's a bit of a hint as well because remember obviously your gut is so important for your hormonal production too um, so uh, ladies we're kind of um, I think we're running out of time for this episode so we might just do like a quick little um, you know just as a really easy place to start when you've got these long cycles is just have a really good hard look at your diet get help with this um as well make sure that you're eating enough fiber and you've got some good starchy veggies in um, your arsenal as well um if you're over exercising stop it <laughs> like it's pretty simple and um there could be thresholds for that as well depending on you know like what your performance is like and everything else so it, you can match your nutrients to your exercise if that's really important um improve your stress tolerance um, we've done stacks of episodes on that a really easy simple starting um like i guess mineral that i like to use is zinc in this um, instance just to help a little bit of that production of hormones to help to make sure that testosterone is converting into estrogen in the right way um, and magnesium is you know kind of zinc and magnesium is so so important for each and every one of um, the categories of these um, cycles obviously i like to use much more specific things um, depending on what's going on but just as a generalized like zinc and magnesium is a really good place to start pretty much for each of these categories i'll get them off sugar um and i'll oftentimes gluten as well just because of the um, inflammatory nature of it and if there's thyroid involvement too then that's really important um for me i don't like to use bioidentical hormones in this picture unless we absolutely have to unless the system's just not making any hormones whatsoever and we've got a and they've got a conception goal like fairly quickly um so I always recommend just go really, really cautiously with that sort of thing. Um, but that's just, you know, a little word of warning and just work with someone who knows what they're doing. And do what we're about to do now. Get good oh, sleep. Oh, yeah. Good sleep. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, like I cannot <sighs> even um, describe how important that is because that's when your hormones are made. Yeah. You know, this is like women ovulate most of the time at night in their sleep like it's um and menstruation will will kick off in that time as well like it's just so critical to everything so um yes get a good night's sleep um ladies uh we've got the 28 day hormone reset coming up on the 1st of august um where we will help you fix your long cycle or your short cycle which um you know obviously uh we talked about last week and uh it's definitely like i love seeing in the group where women are like oh my gosh i've just ovulated on day 16 that hasn't happened for you know like 12 years or something like it's just so heartwarming because you know through the reset we've designed it to address these problems like that's what it's for uh so ladies you can find out more information about that on the website so the wellnesswomen.com forward slash is it the no forward slash reset 28 or 
Yeah. Yeah. Reset 28. Or just go onto the website and then you'll see. Click the tabs. Just, <laughs> just, just click through to it. It's pretty simple. Um, and the promo code that we used last time. Oh, Ash, what was that? Happy um, 2020. So ladies. Happy 2020. Yeah. yeah. Given it's been such a crappy 2020, we were just like, <laughs> how do we make this a bit more, you know, enlightening? We could have just done Reset 28, which we've done in the past. So I think that code might still be there in case you've listened to an old episode. But um, yeah, definitely happy 2020. Very simple. Um, uh, we want to make yours a much happier one and that we hope will include our reset program because um, I, I kind of like it. Most of the um, hardest questions we get from our, our team in the program often are related to this particular topic. Yeah. Have you noticed? Oh, you know, it's nearly always our our, um, yes. our lovely, lovely participants who are having this particular problem that get the most from it. Um, yeah, and also the ones who have the most challenges with the food usually <laughs> fit us. into this category as well. Yeah, yep, exactly. But I love how they hate us in the beginning and then love yep. us by the end. It's like, oh, my God, I just needed to be forced to do this um, because I probably wouldn't have done it on my own because it seemed yep. too hard. Um, so, yeah, I love uh, that's one of my big successes is like watching people in the first week or two complain, 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 and then be like, oh, my God, I haven't had a craving in like, you know, <laughs> 10 days and I'm just like oh this is so cool (laughs) it's great um and sometimes like these ones on my patients are usually the ones that sometimes I've got to give a bit of tough love to as well like this is the okay we're drawing a line in the sand do you actually want to change is this something that we're working on or not because you know like let's not waste our time here let's get to the bottom of this and actually make some changes but you've got to do the work yeah. Um, August 1st. We, we can't do it for you. Yes, absolutely. So, ladies, if you want some help and support with that, jump onto the reset with us. We would love to have you on board. Um, if your stuff is a little bit more complicated and you want to um, consult with us, you can absolutely do that. And also, ladies, if you've got questions, um, you know, that maybe we haven't answered in this episode, feel free to send them through to us. So, that's info at thewellnesswomen.com.au. Uh, I just had a little like mental blank there. Info at the wellnesswomen.com.au. Um, any other, you know, questions or topics that you'd love for us to cover on the podcast, we would love to hear from you as well. Um, but I think that that is enough from us for today or tonight or whatever time that it is that you are listening. Um, hey, please make sure that you go onto iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Um, we only accept five-star rating, so give us a five-star rating because <laughs> it really does help us spread the message for just, you know, like proper women's health. So, ladies, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrew Huddleston. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.